<laughs> I mean, I don't really have any, but anyone else needs a cop. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's cool, but he won't make, like, my top five. Favorite. That's fine. That's nice. That's okay. <laughs> Difference of opinion. Um, okay. <laughs> if you want. <laughs> Alright. Uh... Everybody ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that wonders, when dealing with time travel to save the future, why do we always have to rush? My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. Insert catchphrase here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So tonight, uh, usually it's always me and Peter, and we're both here ready to go, but tonight we're actually joined by a guest. Uh, We are a group of four brothers in total. Uh, I am the oldest, Uh, then it would go our brother Scott, who's been on the show before, followed by our brother Peter, and then our youngest brother Sean, who we've invited on the show before, but due to other schedules has not been able to come, has joined us tonight because he wants to talk the list for the evening. So, Sean, welcome to the show. Yo. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So, we're going to... So, Sean will... He he basically wanted to come on specifically because of the list we're talking tonight, uh, which we'll get to in a little while. Uh, but we have a bunch of news, and when I was looking for news, it was actually a slow week, Peter, and then a whole bunch of stuff dropped right before you showed up. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, so we're going to get to that in a minute, but what are we watching? What are we reading? <laughs> well, I, uh, I'm unfamiliar with a lot of the news because I'm on like a social media ban for myself right now, pretty much, because oh, all I've been yeah. watching is Game of Thrones and trying to catch up, so yeah. <laughs> oh, so you basically get your news from me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I try to check it a little bit, but it's just been, like you said, it's a slow news week, so I haven't heard anything and I haven't yeah. seen anything. Where, where in the past... Before Avengers Endgame came out, all it was was Avengers, Avengers, Avengers news. Yeah. And now it's Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Game of Thrones has had me in tears and a lot of heartache, and they've gotten me really frustrated. And I'm, look, I give it one more episode and I'm done. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, I can't say I am into season seven, so I should be caught up pretty soon. Um, I'm hoping Drew and I can do like a deep dive on the show. Like on this show, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll discuss heavily when you actually get there. Um, just because I made that Game of Thrones joke, it is uh, May fourteenth. There is at the time of this recording one final episode of Game of Thrones to go, and then the show is all gone. And I'm very sad to say that, but um, yeah, I can't, I cannot wait to see how it closes out. Um, I will save all Game of Th- all deep conversation. Mm-hmm. Till uh, you actually get caught up and you and I can really discuss. Um, so you've just been watching Game of Thrones. That's it. Okay. Uh, Sean, have you watched anything interesting or read anything? or? Yeah. Um, I actually just recently watched the final episode of New Girl, um, which was... I didn't even know that was still on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had like a year hiatus, I think. Um, but uh, my girlfriend and I have been watching it uh, super intentively. And then we also watch... Um, what's it called? A uh, show called Superstore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That show was hilarious at the beginning. It's still really good, and I really enjoy it, but, like, the first the first full season, I was just, like, eating it all up because, you know, when you watch a show that uh, of, a, of a subject matter that you have already experienced in your life, like, sometimes you 
can't stand it because you're reminded and you have like flashbacks and almost like PTSD of like all the bad things that ever happened. Uh, sure. Like, like our mom can't watch The Office because of all the things that she experienced that she hated in one of her jobs. So she can't watch that show. But watching Superstore after working at uh, what I call the Red Store, because I don't like saying its name. Sure. Um, after, after working through retail, like watching the show reminds me of all the funny stuff that I got to do with like all my friends that I made at that uh, store and working uh, through that. So it's really, really enjoyable. But last episode of New Girl was, it was really nice of a bookend and everything. Um, if, you, if you're not watching New Girl, the seventh season is out on Netflix, so go ahead and finish it. No. Um, but uh, it's, it's pretty sweet. I enjoyed it. I'm also fully caught up with Game of Thrones, and I really want to talk about it with this group of people, but somebody is still catching up, so I won't say anything. Um, I'm also super excited about the uh, Dark Crystal show. I checked out the comic, the like graphic novel, over at, I think it was like uh, Cracker... Graham Crackers. Graham Cracker. Um, Cracker Barrel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it was over... I, I saw it over at uh, Graham Cracker, and I, I kind of paged through it. Um, there's some weird characters in there, so I wasn't too interested in it to actually, like, purchase it or anything. Um, Instead of so all the I, normal I, I just, characters. And... Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Whenever, it, like, it's a prequel book. It's like, the, the, the graphic novel is a prequel to the actual uh, movie um, of Dark Crystal, and it's, there, there's an introduction of a character that, like, wasn't really a part of that kind of environment before, and so it was, mm. it's just really... Was it the uh, for me. was it the graphic novel or they also have like manga uh, style books? I have not um, seen any any okay. manga, uh, not that I know of, and no, nothing that's true to manga could be to be like actually read backwards. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm all caught up with Marvel movies and DC movies. Um, that's good. But not <laughs> so you're basically not caught up just waiting for new stuff. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, well, that's oh, cool. Oh, I'm also. About forty-seven percent of the way through the Silmarillion, um, and that is a pain to try yep. to get through. Because yep. like every paragraph is like twenty names of people, places, and things that I don't know how to pronounce. I I, I hear you. Um, I don't know many people who have read the Silmarillion. Um, I have not personally read it, so uh, I good luck. I think this is a good point to point out Sean's like fantasy nerd dumb actually though because he actually is going through and reading the Silmarillion and uh, I remember see I knew Sean like I grew up with Sean and at one point he was this kid who was obsessed with Star Wars and played Halo all day and that was pretty much it and then we both went to college and when we came home from college all of a sudden Sean had all this like fantasy knowledge about C.S. Lewis and Lord of the Rings and stuff like that so once he said he wanted to come on this podcast episode specifically, I was like, oh, it makes total sense because of all the fantasy nerdiness right. you've acquired over the years. So, Absolutely. Um, well, uh, to move on, I watched a bunch of movies, um, so I'm going to give quick reviews. Uh, one of them <laughs> I might talk a little bit more about. Um, I watched Black Klansman. Really, really good. Um, there, uh, I was... I was kind of surprised at how good it was, and not that I was expecting it to be bad, but like it was funny too. Like yeah. I that it was it was kind of just a surprise to me as a movie. I really enjoyed it, and the main character, I his name escapes me at the moment, but he's also on Ballers on HBO, which I absolutely love Ballers. So um, I, it was kind of nice to see him, and Adam Driver gave a phenomenal performance. But Black Klansman was really good. Nice. Uh, I also watched Vice, 
which was fantastic. Oh, is that the Dick um, Cheney one? It's the Dick okay. Cheney movie. I do feel like it's funny. Shoot somebody in the face. They do cover that. Yeah, <laughs> nice. um, I forgot about that. They do cover that. Um, I, the movie to me felt a little anticlimactic. Like it just kind of stopped when the movie was over. The only reason I say that is because I, he's still alive. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of like, where do you go? Like, you get to a point in the story, and it's like, where do you go? A from lot there? of uh, biopics, I feel, do that. Like, uh, Walk the Line. For me, I thought it was like very anticlimactic. I, I totally you know, agree. That sort yeah, of thing, and so. that actually kind of mm. didn't. I didn't like Walk the Line as much as oh, I was really? hoping I was going to. Um, but what I really liked about Vice was some of the early stuff. Because um, Dick Cheney was um, an intern during Watergate, so seeing some mm. of that like old politics stuff that happened was actually I thought was really cool, leading up to like the events that we know him from through nine eleven and all that stuff. So um, I just thought that was it was a good movie overall. Um, and then I watched uh, Welcome to Marwin. Do you guys know what this movie is? Does it have to do with sounds... the Elder Scrolls? No. <laughs> it sounds so familiar, but <laughs> I said Marwin, right? Marwin. Oh, yeah, Marwin. Not bad. Not Marwin from Elder Scrolls. <laughs> yeah. That'd be sweet. No, so this is um this is a movie. Uh, Steve Carell is the main character. Um, he plays. This is a biopic, so it's a true story about an artist, uh, Mark Hogenkamp, okay. who was he was in a like he was an artist, like a legit like draw artist, and then one night at a bar having too many drinks, one too many drinks, basically made the wrong comment to the wrong group of guys and they beat him within an inch of his life. And after the attack, um, he basically has this crazy amnesia so he can't remember much of his life pre the attack. He can't draw anymore, like physically cannot draw anymore. And he's got crazy PTSD regarding the issue. Mm. So he, to deal with his PTSD, he retreats into his work. And because he can't draw... He collects like dolls, like Barbie dolls and like other dolls of like that scale, and he creates these super elaborate models and scenes and photographs them to tell the art that he can't draw. So everything, so you you see him going to the hobby store and he's like buying a new doll and accessories and all that stuff because he's making these crazy models at his house. Like he's got a bar and he's got like twenty models up there and he's taking photos because he's telling a story or he's got like a town set up or really really cool. But what's interesting about it is because he retreats into his work in the story, half of the story is the real life, what's going oh, nice. on in his life, and you see that every doll is representative of someone in his life. The other half of the movie is when he goes into his work, the dolls are alive, almost like in a Toy Story sense, and you get this whole other story with the dolls. That reminds me of Sucker Punch. Well, it's with it the would, weird back and forth of reality and it, imagination. It was incredible, and I would I don't know if I'd liken it to Sucker Punch because of not how not f- not the same type of a story, but I understand what you're yeah. saying. But it was it was a really cool blend of uh, it was almost like watching two movies at the same time. But the way it was all wrapped together, and you knew who was who, like which character was which doll, and all that stuff, it was really interesting to watch. And then um, what was really nice is that it was directed by Robert Zemeckis, who directed Back to the Future. So it was just a really well-handled story. I, I just highly recommend it. It was really good. I liked yeah, the it The preview lot, so. looked sweet. Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. And it's so, all based on a true story? Yes. Okay. Sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah, um, I didn't read out. anything. I've been very busy working on a project, so um, I've been writing more than reading, so um, I can't talk about so, that project so right cryptic. now. So cryptic. 
I, I just can't talk about the project right now, but I've been working on something. So, <laughs> um, so hey, let's jump into the news because we talked watching and reading a little longer than I was hoping to, but that's all right. Um, so I didn't bring anything. You guys are blame. That's all right. So first off, um, Matrix Four? Question mark? Did you hear about this? I heard there might be a new movie, maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> look. So apparently. The guys are, the Wiskowski siblings are potentially, like, working on a Matrix 4. Interesting. Um, I don't really know how I feel about this because I loved the first Matrix movie. Most people can say they loved the first Matrix movie. I really enjoyed the second Matrix movie because I thought that they really kind of opened some more doors and kind of made you wonder a little bit more. And then the third one ruined the franchise. <laughs> like, ruined the franchise. Honestly, I haven't seen... I think about 80% of the third Matrix movie because the end of the second one gives you such a strong implication of what the it, what the ending was and the second one was like such an amazing sequel to the original to the first film. Sure. That like I didn't feel a need well, to even start the third one. Well, the third one um, I went in really excited and then I just wow, I I, I don't know what happened there. I don't know what they were thinking. It was almost like they cashed in on, like, we're going to... It's like they took 12 different movies, rolled it into a ball, and said, this is your... Here you go. And there's too many parallels to other things that I've watched. I'm like, I feel like I've seen, ev like, every seven minutes, it mm -hmm. felt like I was watching a new movie that I had already seen. It was it was weird. So... Yeah, that is that is weird. It makes me wonder if... Um, I don't know if this is real or not. This is potential, yeah. like, rumor. So... Uh, Matrix, to me, is, like, so... Like, it was such a, like, kind of an epic series that came out, and it really did change a lot of, like, people's approach to science fiction at the time, but it's so, like, cemented in the early 2000s for me. I'm really curious if people are going to be really excited for a Matrix 4, you know, how it will even go over when it yeah. happens, so. Um, well, um, we'll see what happens with the mm -hmm. Matrix. I don't really know. I just thought it was worth mentioning because it made me go, what? <laughs> um... So anyway, uh, let's move on to uh, Netflix brief news because they're scrambling for content with Disney's big juggernaut <laughs> that's about to hit us in November. Um, so Disney, I'm sorry, not Disney, Netflix has obtained the rights to stream Rocco's Modern Life, uh, Static Cling, and Invader Zim. Um, but that means they're also coming out with an Invader Zim movie. What? Which I thought was really cool. Like Original I really creator. I I don't know. We don't, there's not much beyond that. Hmm. Um, so I'm really excited because I really liked the Invader Zim uh, television series. So, yeah. Um, I can say, so but I heard you, when we, when we, you walked in today, Peter, to record tonight, you made it sound like you had a little bit more. So I think, okay, so there is an Invader Zim movie that's been in the works, and there's also been a uh, Rocco's Modern Life movie, and I think Netflix got the rights to the Rocco's Modern Life movie as well. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah, Rocco's Modern Life is definitely, like, it's one of my favorite animated series. Like, I think that show's hilarious, and watching it as an adult is even funnier than when I was in fourth well, grade. Well, now that Netflix it. is going to have it as a streaming pool, because I own... All the DVDs for Vader Zim. I've seen them a couple times. But now that Rocker's Modern Life is going to be in a streaming format where I can find it quickly, yeah. I'm planning on oh, giving it a watch as an adult. Cause it's great. There's so many like just dirty jokes in there you never picked up on. And uh, 
the whole thing is kind of like this really funny, like almost like Kevin Smith esque slacker comedy, you know, that you didn't yeah. realize when you were a kid. Yeah. But um, I yeah, I heard about the Rocko's Modern Life movie like two years ago, and it was supposed to come out in either twenty seventeen or eighteen, and just nothing happened with it. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be on Netflix. So I'm pretty pumped about that to right. finally see the thing. Um. So uh, I want to talk. We got there's a lot of um. Yeah, I, I don't have much more to say on the Invader Zim thing, like the yeah. Netflix getting those. It's just, it, I was, it made me excited, so I wanted to bring it up. We have a bunch of Disney news to talk about. I want to push that to the bottom here real quick. Okay. I want to talk about Game of Thrones real quick. Okay. This is very spoiler-free for you, <laughs> and it's very spoiler-free for anyone who's um, trying to catch up or hasn't caught up to the final season yet. We're still watching. Um, so by the time of this recording, I'm pretty sure everyone will have seen the end of the show. But uh, I just... There's a lot of negative criticism regarding the final season I'm finding online. And, I don't care for it. Well, it's it's bugging me. And I, I, always try and, I always try and push this negative criticism down. But I wanted to say that Game of Thrones is a show that before the final season came out, it reached this level of uh, it, it reached this pedestal that people had it on on a level that there's no way they're gonna end this show without disappointment. Like this is uh, this makes me think of the show Lost, and I don't know if you guys watched Lost. I was a big oh, yeah. Lost fan. I think like the first when that when that series ended. They had the impossible task of ending a show that everyone was really like concerned how you're going to end this, and ha- the audience was completely split. Half the people hated it, half the people loved it. There was like no middle ground, and there's people I've talked to that hated it, and we've had conversations about the ending of Lost. And when I've explained to them what happened, we realized that they didn't actually understand the ending of Lost, and now they want to maybe potentially give the show another go. So. It's Revenge of the Sith all over again. Kind of. I, <laughs> I don't think I don't think Game of Thrones is going to be a confusing. Hello there. <laughs> I don't think Game of Thrones is going to be a confusing ending. Yeah. Where we have to explain it to someone like, oh, I guess you didn't understand it. I think Game of Thrones is going to be is in that position where they have this impossible task of ending a show that everyone's so, uh, it's so beloved that people are just going to be angry if they don't get the ending that they want. But here's what I will say. With the amount of character deaths that we've had to live through from the beginning of the show to current, if you went into this final season expecting a happy ending, you have not been paying attention. Okay? You need to expect lots of heartache. You need to expect betrayals. You need to expect the most horrible thing possible because there's going to be a knife twisted in your back somewhere. You need to expect it. If you are criticizing the show for storytelling... I gotta say this, either write a better show or shut up because I'm so tired of people saying they're criticizing writing and saying the storytelling's bad or you're destroying something I love. You're not out there putting it out there. You're not the one writing it. These guys, again, this I've always I've said this in the past, we should be thanking them for everything they're doing and I want more Game of Thrones all the time, no matter how horrible it gets because I'm down in the trenches with the characters that I love, and that's where it is. So it doesn't matter to me the twists and the turns. There's an episode, Peter, this is not a spoiler, but the episode is physically dark that you haven't seen yet. 
I, I, I did hear and, and I And I assumed that. at this point you would have heard about it, okay? I understand criticism against that episode because of how physically dark it was. People said they had a hard time seeing things. I have heard that the most of the people who had trouble seeing things on that episode were streaming it. So maybe their stream wasn't good. Maybe the lighting in their house, maybe they had lights on in their house and they couldn't see well enough. It might maybe, have been pirated. Maybe it was a pirated, <laughs> yeah. maybe it was a pirated copy. I know that I'm watching, I have a very large TV and I'm watching it on pretty decent, I'm, I'm watching it with a pretty decent picture. I had no trouble seeing the episode, but I understand the criticism of the physically dark episode. Yeah. Sure. Um, anytime they go into the crypts under Winterfell, I think it's pretty dark and hard to see. Mm-hmm. So I get it. But you can't criticize this show for writing when it has to deal with this very impossible task of ending this show. So, again, if you write a better show or sit down and let them finish it. That's all I got to say. I'm sorry. I'm off my soapbox now. Go ahead, Sean. <laughs> but, like, in regards to any complaint about any of the visual or performing arts, Specifically, because we're talking about Game of Thrones, if I may paraphrase what George R. R. Martin has said about art, art is not a democracy. No. You don't get to choose the ending of something. You don't get to choose, like, the final product. Right. So if someone gives you a piece of art and you say, well, that's a piece of crap, like, you're not the one doing it. It's not your work. Sure. And I and I don't want to go on like a soapbox and like scream at like the internet and I don't want to turn listeners away because like, oh, here, here here's Drew going off again. I don't want to do that. I just, I'm tired of people like criticizing for things they don't necessarily know about. You know what I mean? If you're a writer and you want to criticize, that's different because you might have an idea of how writing stuff works. But if you're just a troll on the internet raging at these guys because your favorite character died... I'm sorry, guys. You're watching Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you go back and watch Ramsey's. Right. Season. I mean, there's. I mean, my favorite character. My favorite character. So I read the books back in the '90s when they came out. My favorite character instantly, when I was introduced to this character, was Arya Stark. And to this day, we are one episode away from the finale. At the time of this recording, she's still my favorite character on the show. That is not saying that she's alive or not. If you're behind, I'm just saying <laughs> she's still my favorite character. John was always my favorite, even um, from the first episode. I kind of, uh, so when I first watched the show, it was either John or Tyrion was my favorite, but after listening to Drew and Scott on the Swordsman episode, it kind of leaned me more towards Bronn, and I don't know what happens to him, I'm only in the seventh season, but right now he's my favorite character, (laughs) because everything he does is cool, every, like, I don't know, he, like, either is fighting or drinking or whatever, and, like... He just wants a cancel. Yeah, exactly, you know. Call call back to uh, that episode that you guys uh, recorded for uh, Greatest Swordsman That Ever Lived. For anyone who didn't know, because I don't think you mentioned it, Peter actually had Lego guys, and I think there was about seven of them, <laughs> of all the greatest swordsmen that ever lived. Well, and he told me, he's like, Sean, check this out. I was like, what? And he's like, don't you know who this is? These okay, are all the greatest swordsmen that ever lived. So, Every so fantasy story, of, they got one of them. <laughs> so, so this is a case of you make a bunch of Lego guys that you're going to want to play with when you're a kid. And you put them together as a group, and I really liked sword fighting, so they all had swords. I had to come up with a team name, and that's what I went with. Was the greatest swordsman that ever lived. Don't change the story. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, well, anyway, I just, I just wanted to throw that out there. And Game of Thrones haters... Don't stop hating it to hate it. Like, I wonder what the book's gonna be like. 
I'm very excited for the book, and I can't wait to read it. I just, I'm happy with everything I've gotten. There's some things that have made me, I don't know about this last season, but it's, things are going in directions that I didn't expect. And I'm going to tell you this, every theory I had in my head going into this final season, I am so happy I'm wrong on all of them. Like, all of them I'm wrong on, and I love the fact that I'm wrong, because if I was right on, if I guessed any of it, um, I probably would have been disappointed because I figured it out. They showed me something that I was able to guess. So I do have an idea in my head right now about how the final season's, the final episode's going to end, and I hope I'm wrong. Nice. So And I'm just over here looking forward to the Topher Grace edit of <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, Any right. idea? <laughs> let's, let's talk Disney real quick because there was a, um, there was a shareholders call, uh, Disney investors call that happened today. Um, and Bob Iger released some stuff. So, for example, uh, first things first, Disney has full control of Hulu. Isn't that, oh, well, they only had partial control. They had before. partial control. I don't even, Disney, Disney has full control of everything at this Disney point. Disney has reached a deal with Comcast that'll give the company majority control of Hulu for $5.8 billion. Okay. Um, so uh, Hulu now has Mickey Mouse dollars behind it. Disney owns the world. Um, I, so uh, the reason I think Disney basically wanted Hulu was because, I mean, they had a majority control to begin with, but they said that after they bought Fox, a lot of the rated R properties for Fox will end up on Hulu because all the family-appropriate properties will be on the Disney Plus app. Mm-hmm. So, you know, cool. All right, I get it. So if I want to watch the Aliens movies, I have to go to Hulu. If I want to watch Die Hard, I go to Hulu. But if I want to watch the Marvel films, I go to Disney Plus. You know, yeah. Like, there's a nice split. I get it. Cool. But so I thought that was interesting that they have acquired Hulu officially. Um, they also made an announcement that Disney has revealed the next Star Wars film to be released after Episode Nine will be from Game of Thrones creators yes. David Benioff and D.B. <laughs> That's awesome. Good. Now, now, here's what's interesting about that is we knew that there were two trilogies being worked on. One from the Double Ds from Game of Thrones and then one from... Ryan Johnson. So mm-hmm. to us, that's six movies. Here's what I'm... This is the kind of... Um, I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about this, and then I kind of did some digging on my own, and I'm kind of leaning towards what they were saying, is that what if the Double D's trilogy and the Ryan Johnson, tri- Johnson trilogy is the same trilogy? What if it's the Double D's writing and producing, and Ryan Johnson's just directing? Yeah. Because I have nothing against Ryan Johnson as a director. I do. Well, there's a difference between directing <laughs> and writing. Visually, his directing is awesome. Like, uh, Ryan Johnson directed a movie called Brick. He directed Looper. He directed The Last Jedi. Visually, like, the direction and all that stuff, great. I loved all three movies. Writing is different. So if the Double Ds are handling writing and producing, and Johnson is directing, I'm okay with that. I just... What I do know is that the first film after Episode Nine will be... The first of that trilogy. Awesome. But we don't know if they're the same trilogy or not. It's just kind of a rumor and kind of like piecing things together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, but thanks to the shareholder, um, the investors call, uh, Bob Iger um, also mentioned that there will be a third live action Star Wars series that will be included in the lineup for Disney+. Plus. Oh, okay. Okay. That sounds so. So we're getting a trilogy from the Double Ds. 
a possible separate trilogy from Ryan Johnson and a separate movie series all separate separate television series. So let's let's try and put this in a little more perspective. They've announced three Star Wars films. 2022, 2024, and 2026. Those are the next three Star Wars films to release. We know it's a trilogy. We know the Double Ds are incorporated because they announced today that the first one will be the Double D, one of the Double, from mm-hmm. the Double Ds. So, um, that says all three of those are probably that trilogy. The question is, is the Ryan Johnson trilogy that we've known about for years, is that the same trilogy or is that something separate? So that's the possibility. The Double Ds trilogy is a for real thing. Okay. Shows on the Disney Plus app. We have The Mandalorian, for sure. Awesome. I've seen footage. Looks great. Um, The other one is supposed to take place pre-Rogue One, and it'll be about Cassian Andor. He'll be the lead Hmm. character. Um, I really really liked that because of all the spy stuff that had to happen between the Empire and the Rebellion leading up to the destruction of the first Death Star. That's awesome. So seeing more of that, I'm really excited for that. They don't have a title yet. We just know it's about Cassian Andor. Okay. Sounds awesome, yeah. Third show. Here's what Iger had to say about filling the gap between Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and the Benahoff and Weiss film. And Iger is very um, uh, vague, so take this, for, take this with the grain of salt that it's worth. In the interim, we are producing two Star Wars live-action series for Disney+. One of them is called The Mandalorian, which is being supervised by Jon Favreau, and the other one is a bit of a prequel to Rogue One. And my guess is there will probably be at least one more live-action series that we produce for Disney+. Plus. So there's no, like, confirmation that there's a third one, but because of that phrase, we're doing one show, we're doing this other show, and there might be one more. So that says to me, if Bob Iger's saying that to the shareholders, that says to me that... That's a for real thing. Yeah. So. Interesting. I yeah. vote a sitcom that takes place in the cantina. That'd be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well, Cheers, but a Star Wars version. Well, and there's there's a joke a long time ago, so a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Lucas, before he sold the company to Disney, he wanted to do a live-action Star Wars show. And yeah, he hired a ton of writers where he basically... And there's footage of him sitting... There's footage of him sitting at the head of, like, this giant table, like a conference room table, and he's sitting at the head, and all these writers are lining, are sitting there just listening to him tell stories, and they're just writing stuff down and drawing pictures and all that stuff, kind of like the Clone Wars mm-hmm. meetings that we've heard <clears throat> stories about. Well, I guess that they were putting together a live-action Star Wars series that got 50 scripts deep, and then they realized one of those scripts for an hour show cost as much as a feature <clears throat> film... So they couldn't make it until the television universe caught up to being easier to make. Yeah. So I guess it has been, but are we getting... Is that what The Mandalorian is? Is that what the Cassian Andor story is? Is that what this third one is? Or are they basically going, hey, we have these 50 scripts. Let's see what we can do with them. Cannibalize, move stuff around. Hey, we like this. We like that. You know, piece things together and create something new Mm -hmm. out of it. Um I mean, they have it all at their disposal, right? So they could hackney together, like, George Lucas's ideas into different television Absolutely. scripts. But Absolutely. So whether they'll actually do that or not, who knows, you know? Yeah, so um, I just thought that was interesting, um, and I'm excited for it. So as far as I'm concerned, more Star Wars. I'm never going to get Star Wars 
I'm never going to get oversaturated with Star Wars. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. I mean, it sounds great. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I just yeah, don't know what to say because I don't know what is you know what it is yet. So. Right. Um, do you have anything to add to that, Sean, before we move on to list time? I'm just excited for Star Wars. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> the recent one threw me off, but... I'm 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 hopeful for the for the next one. You know, I was because of that movie, I was so upset and I went back and I like after maybe 3 months of being outraged, I went back and I thought like maybe I those was are, giving those are strong words, but go ahead. Ma- yeah, no, there's there's been like four things that have split the world apart and episode 8 is one of them. Interesting. Um the uh, I, I went back and I was like, you know, I'll look up Ryan Johnson on IMDb. I'll see what else he's done. Just to, like, give him a, a better chance, like, be more open-minded and everything. And I looked at all those different movies that he was a part of. I have never been interested in watching any of those. Okay, well... Now, I can't say anything negative of them because I haven't watched them. Sure. But I haven't even been interested sure. in watching and that's them. that's fair. And so, like, that just... Gave me more of a, I don't know, supporting I, details for my essay of, like, why I never want him to be a part of Star Wars. That, and that's fair to say. Um, what I liked about Ryan Johnson as a choice for a director, and we don't want, I don't want to get into yeah. like a giant director debate, right. but one of the things I liked about the choice of the director was Ryan Johnson is very much a director like Irvin Kirshner was. So when they made Force Awakens and they chose J.J. Abrams, who's very much a George Lucas slash Steven Spielberg director... And then they go and they choose Ryan Johnson for the next one, mm-hmm. who's very much like Kirsch, who directed Empire Strikes Back. I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's almost like they're trying to not rebuild the original trilogy, but they're trying to find directors who directed follow like that same sequence. to direct to the directing style to follow a sequence like that. Um, and I've said it in the past. I, so I liked Last Jedi a lot. There's, it's not perfect. There are things in there that bug me, for sure, but it's also the second act of a three-part story. Yes, it is. I mean, it's technically the eighth part of a nine-part story, but it's the third and second act of that part of the trilogy, like that, the sequel trilogy, it's the middle. So I actually think that episode nine is going to enhance that movie specifically. I really do, because if you go back to look at original, um, if you go back and look at original reviews people hated empire like it was like a split audience and then jedi came out and now empire is everyone's favorite and i'm assuming that's because of hindsight because you know what comes so i don't know i we really we really don't and you know people are going to have their opinions to each his own i get it um one more thing before we do i'm sorry i just thought of this right before (laughs) it's not on the whiteboard i want i thought about doing it i wanted to put it up there but um right before we do the list um Oh, no, 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 yeah, I'm sorry. One more piece of Disney news, and then I'm going to look at something. Um, <laughs> Toy Story 4 is officially the last sequel movie that Pixar is going to do for quite some time. I think that's good. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of originals. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, okay, real quick. What <laughs> I wanted to, Sean or... There's not much to say to that. They <laughs> just really. said it's going to be the last no, one. So, I, don't, I don't know what to say. Uh, what I wanted to check on was I am very, very excited for Avengers Endgame to completely topple Avatar and knock it off the podium. Is the Yeah, you said that last week, I think, right? Yeah, I did. So what I wanted to do is just double-check the uh, totals. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> uh, before we move on. So Avengers Endgame has $2 million... Uh, sorry. 
$200 million left to go to topple uh, Avatar from the number one seat on the uh, worldwide box office chart. So I just wanted to double check that and get that up. Total, yeah. So Avatar is uh, $2,700,000,000, and Avengers Endgame is $2,500,000,000. Avatar outgrossed Titanic? Yes. Okay. I remember when I was going to Wawa Tech... So and my friends and I sat there, and I made the claim that Episode 4, A New Hope, is the highest grace, grossing movie of all time. Someone called me out and said, no, Titanic went, and blah, blah, so, blah. And I'm like, all right, let's put the value at equal portions. So, and so Peter, and I, Peter and I talked about this last week, so if you're listening to uh, the episode... Um, that, that episode hasn't aired yet, so that's probably why you didn't hear our yeah, discussion. Yeah, anyway... Yet. So since you're, since you're here, I'll do a real quick recap because we're talking box office dollars. And since this is a top five podcast, I'm only going to discuss the top five. Worldwide, top five box office earners are Avatar in order. Avatar at number one, Avengers at number two, Titanic at number three, Star Wars The Force Awakens at number four, and Avengers Infinity War at number five. Now, what you are talking about is... Um, Take the money value. What at you that are time talking about, you're talking now. about yeah. adjusted for inflation. So with that being said, the top five adjusted for inflation are number one, Gone with the Wind. No one will ever topple Gone with the Wind ever. It'll always be the number one seat. So good luck, movies. Uh, number two is the original Star Wars. Number three is The Sound of Music. Number four is E.T. And number five is Titanic. Now. Let's put that into perspective. Adjusted gross. Um, so where does Avatar sit? At number 15. Where does Avengers Endgame sit? At When Peter and I recorded the podcast last week, it was at 39. It is currently at 24. So wow. episode 4 is the second. Yes. And that's adjusted, with yeah. the, adjusted for inflation. So that's kind of a key thing when you're having the box office conversation with people. Anyway... Um, are you guys ready to discuss list time? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, list, you good, Sean? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ryan, we're running the list, <laughs> so uh, play the thing. And now for the top five. Okay, and here we are. Peter, uh, you picked dragons. Yeah. Any reason? Uh, just been watching a lot of Game of Thrones and wanted to keep that medieval fantasy vibe going. Um, dragons are really cool, too. I like these uh, character type lists, like we did uh, Top 5 Giant Robots, stuff like that, where it's like you can pick things from all different genres, all different mediums, and uh, I think it makes for a fun episode. So, yeah, cool. Um, all right, so I was just, it was nice when you brought this up because dragons is such a forefront of like all pop culture right now like anyone everyone just wants dragons yeah so um i was kind of excited putting this list together and i have one on here that i don't even know if it's considered a dragon or not but in terms of pop culture it is considered a dragon (laughs) because i had to do some looking up so um i thought about it i put it on my list and then i looked it up so i ran it is is counted as a dragon so um i will say that um, if anyone is out there who's really into fantasy stuff, whether it be um, fantasy novels or role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons, there is a difference between a dragon and a wyvern. Um, 
technically they're the same. Like the the biggest physical difference is a dragon has four legs and a wyvern has two legs. The other two legs are actually built into the wings. Right. If you look at the dragons in Game of Thrones, we call them dragons, but per their physical appearance, they're technically wyverns. <laughs> but is this uh... for the sake of this list and discussion tonight? They're all dragons. <laughs> no, yeah. <definitely>. Um, <laughs> okay. Is that I the? I think that they are all dragons. Whether is... they can fly or they are swimmers, <laughs> right? Or I wanted to I wanted to point that out because I was talking to someone and they brought up they they made a point about the wyverns not actually being dragons. And That's I like to... claiming a difference between <laughs> like this sect of Christianity versus I, this. Sect I can confirm. I mean, I guess that's things. a weird deep cut, but yeah. <laughs> I just looked at my list and all of my top five. I can confirm are dragons, but um, I'm curious. Is that the? Uh, <laughs> it, they're not wyverns, but uh, is that the Dungeons and Dragons definition? Or I don't know. Okay, but it made me look it up in Dungeons and Dragons, and that's a thing. Mm-hmm. So I just. And then that made me go and look at the yeah. Game of Thrones dragons. I'm like, do they have four legs or two legs? You know what I mean? Because their front legs are actually, like, attached to their wings. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was interesting. Um, so yeah. I wanted to clarify if anyone has any weird... <laughs> if anyone's going to be weird about it, like, offline and be like, oh, hey, wait a minute, that's actually a wyvern? No, look, we're counting them all as dragons. It's almost like wyvern's this weird subclass or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I mean, we're not going to be, like... Uh, people on a nerdy podcast and get all technical about it is what we're saying so right. so anyway so what we'll do is um since sean is our guest um we'll let him go first sean uh the way our lists work and for anyone listening for the first time anytime we do a list we are allowed uh two honorable mentions so do you have any uh and these are just quick mentions don't go into like big giant details you know you can do that with your actual list but yeah okay um, quick honorable mentions, and I hope Peter has one of them somewhere in his list, but, uh, it would be, uh, Draco from Dragonheart, uh, cause that was always just like a, a happy memory of mine with a dragon, cause there's not that many happy memories of dragons. Sure. <laughs> and then the other one is, uh, Trogdor, the Burninator. <laughs> um, if anyone doesn't know the website, if you are old enough to remember the website homestarrunner.com and Strong Bad, um, you should look it up on YouTube. It's really funny, and I, <laughs> and it's really funny that Sean brings that up. But yeah, go look up Trogdor, um, T R O G D O O R, um, on YouTube. Is it one O? One O? It's just one O. It's almost like Frog D O R, but with a T. Okay, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's hilarious. It's and it's, it's, it's hilarious. It's not a waste of time. And I definitely appreciate that as an honorable mention. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't say uh, Draco from. Dragonheart made my short list, so um, I enjoy that movie. I think it's like not super fondly rep- remembered by everybody, but it's just kind of a fun fantasy movie. And uh, it was it Sean Connery who did Draco's voice. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that was such a good. So, you can't go wrong a, with Sean Connery. Yeah. So my thing before we move forward is I'm not a big fan of dragons that can talk. So like I'm just not a big fan of it. Like it's fine. I like Draco. Mm-hmm. He was fine. The movie was okay. Um, the movie does not hold up in terms of like rewatching. You better not have the dragon like special effects wise or definitely. puff in your list. <laughs> yeah, special <laughs> effects wise, the movie does not hold up. I just, um, I mean, but if, if we're gonna go talk about Dragonheart, like I remember one year, like when we were kids, I thought we, this was supposed to be a quick mention. <laughs> no, it was a quick mention, and then we went off on a tangent. I'm expecting tangents. So, so one year, so when we were kids for Christmas, we would always go on a big shopping trip after the holiday 
to the mall to spend all our Christmas money, basically. And I remember Sean being, like, six or seven years old and buying pretty much every Dragonheart action figure at Toys R Us. And he spent most of his wad at the first store we went to, which was <laughs> Toys R Us. But he had all sorts of, like, in the movie, they only actually show Draco, and they just mention other dragons. But Sean bought, like, all the alternate dragons and stuff like that, and it was pretty awesome. I don't remember the point of the story, but, yeah, that happened. All right. <laughs> I told you it's happy memories. Um, Peter, this is your list, so I'll let you have the... Uh, um, I'll have I'll let you do your honorable mentions last. Okay. Um, but uh, my two honorable mentions are Tiamat from Dungeons and Dragons. Um, that's a dragon that not only appears in the lore of Dungeons and Dragons, but it also is, comes from the old cartoon that existed back in the eighties when I oh, was nice. growing up because they had a Dungeons and Dragons cartoon when I was a kid. Uh, but Tiamat was like the big. He's the he's probably the most well known from that uh, franchise. Um, and Alduin from Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Okay, nice. Um, unfor- unfortunately, that is a dragon that does talk, per what I just said. Yeah. But the dragons in Skyrim were amazing, so <laughs> you can't... It's really hard to not talk about them. You better so, not have Pete's nice. dragon on your list, either. Pete's dragon does not make... <laughs> Pete's dragon did not make the short list, either, so... Okay, um, I have uh, two honorable mentions, as well. Um, and they're really both... Like, they're both dragons that I really love, but they're both... Uh, picks that depending on who you talk to they either are dragons or aren't so because of their questionability that's why they ended up sure. being honorable mentions the first one i wanted to mention was uh the jabberwocky from the lewis carroll oh. poem so this is a creature that is dragon-like from the description in the poem it is definitely dragon-like and has been depicted as a dragon in certain uh iterations of through the looking glass or alice in wonderland but it's not definitively a dragon, so that's no, why it's but an it does mention. fall on the list. Yeah, um, so, my favorite. I saw it when I was digging through the list. Yeah, my favorite version of Jabberwocky. Well, when I was digging through, like, when I was googling yeah. stuff and trying to figure out, you know, like how is this going to work? Yeah, yeah, I did see it along amongst. Um, them. My favorite version of the Jabberwocky is uh, this one art illustrator whose name is I think Graham Base or Graham Base. Uh, he did an awesome illustrated version of the poem that, as a kid, I was obsessed with. Like. His illustrations just really captured my uh, imagination. Was that the one with the long awesome. neck? Yeah, he was kind of like the Jabberwocky was like a long-necked bird sort of creature with like this big orange like beak-like head. Oh, and that's not that's and... not the version of the Jabberwocky. I still like consider it to be a a, I, a dragon according to that illustration. I'll show you. I'll show you the picture, the illustrated picture from the C.S. Lewis novel that I have, which I I I think I've seen that one. Is it the black and white one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I've seen that one, and it's. I think it's similar, like both versions are similar, but um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I the Jabberwocky is really cool, and if you don't know, and I know this is supposed to be an honorable mention, but um, yes, that one. Yeah, um, I know that one too. For, that one's cool. as, as an audio podcast, Sean Googled it to show me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, no, but the, if you don't know the Jabberwocky from Alice in Wonderland, uh, if you watch the animated Disney film, the, uh, the Cheshire Cat when he's coming in and out of picture, he's singing the poem of the Jabberwocky. And if you buy the novel, the actual adult novel of The Adventures of Alice in Wonderland, um, the whole Jabberwocky sequence is there. They just didn't put it in the... um, 
uh, animated Disney film. So, right. It was more of an Easter egg. Uh, what was your other... And then my other one, um, this one I might be ruining a pick for either of you guys, I don't know, but it is uh, Eberzisk or Eberzisk from Willow, um, which is the... Fuck, how did I miss that one? <laughs> so this is a... The giant... The Eberzisk. Okay, there you go. Um, this is a giant uh, two-headed monster that they fight at the end of the film. Um, <laughs> this creature looks awesome. I, I guess, like... When I look this was at, a really cool visual yeah. too. I liked it a lot. It's yeah, it's it's awesome. Like it's old school effects. It's gory and creepy and uh, wonderful. Yeah, this creature I love, and it's definitely referred to as a dragon. Like people talk about Willow, and they're like, "Oh yeah, the dragon you fight a he fights." Not only that. that, but they call it a dragon in dialogue in the movie. Oh, do they? Yeah. Okay, but the only thing is, like, I look at it and I don't know that I consider it a dragon. Like I, I, was... <laughs> I agree, but they call it a dragon in the film. So if I had to like give it a name. Uh, from like a popular um, like mythical creature, I would probably call it a hydra, maybe like a two-headed hydra. But yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. It's just awesome old school '80s effects. It has a really cool like. I know George Lucas wrote Willow. I don't know if he had any hand in the design, but it has that cool like Star Wars esque texture where it's kind of like a gross brown color that looks like an animal that could actually exist. Yeah, so yeah, it, I I really liked that uh, dragon and blue fire and everything. It was yeah. Great. So, um, this brings us to our actual pick. So, Sean, what's your first actual pick? Uh, first actual pick. I don't I don't know if we'll match on any of them considering that our honorable mentions. <laughs> and the way you freaked out when we mentioned Jabberwocky and Eversisic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I think I had to redo my entire list. Um, my uh, my first one is uh, Smog from The Hobbit. Smog or Smog? I believe both pronunciations are acceptable. <laughs> no, I'm with Sean. Maybe we should go back to Neil Adams and talk about pronunciations. <laughs> back when... I, there's another one in here that I don't know if I can pronounce correctly. When I was in like fourth or fifth grade and I read The Hobbit, I pronounced it in my head smog. But in the movie, they say smog. So I think that's probably the yeah. correct pronunciation. Uh, I actually matched this pick with you, Sean. So. Um, I... Go ahead, you guys can talk about yeah. Smog. Smog is just sweet, um, and I'm going to call him Smog, so deal with it. <laughs> it's fine. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I say Thanos, so. Yeah, that's... Han, Han, Hoth, Hoth, it's a big galaxy. Uh, <laughs> I think Smog is just such a, a, a cool creature because you you have, like, you have, you have Bilbo, a hobbit, who is, like, the most un... Fightable, if that's a word, <laughs> creature in the entire like Middle Earth, and then this just colossal like titan of a guy, and you have this whole intelligent conversation back and forth, and it's almost like the fighting was all intellectual as opposed to uh, physical violence. Yeah, and it, it eventually gets to that, but it's just such a like I don't know of many times where you have that situation where you can actually sure. have a. Uh, that type of an interaction with that kind of a creature, that kind of an adversary. And it's it's so amazing because it, it just, it draws back to that, um, to even like the fabled idea of a dragon and like hoarding treasure and just that, that gluttony, greedy attitude of like, this is mine and sure. I will destroy mm -hmm. you. I will rip it, you to shreds before you take even like an ounce of what I have. Um, I, uh, I can piggyback off that and say, uh, so Andy already mentioned or should i say drew <laughs> already mentioned uh he doesn't really like dragons who talk um I, smog was fine i just 
I prefer it when the, the dragon yeah. is a monster. And I think when I first so when I, growing up like I don't have anything against the intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just I prefer it when they're the monster. <laughs> growing up, like every dragon I would see in a movie or like a book or whatever, they never talked. They were always like mindless creatures that somebody had to go defeat. And when I read The Hobbit and Smaug actually talks, that kind of blew my mind. I was like, wait, that's crazy. He's a magical creature. He could talk and stuff, and it really captured my imagination. And it's kind of like, I know it's like you can kind of be on either side of which one you like, but I do like dragons who talk, I think, specifically because of this example. Um, and you looked like you were about to say something. I think it's so. enjoyable to have a variety of ones that can talk and ones that can't talk, no, or maybe I, ones that won't talk. I agree. I'm not... I'm not this is that to each his own thing. I just yeah. prefer it that way. But one of the things, so what I was going to liken it to is uh, the Aliens, hmm. uh, the Alien franchise. I love the idea of the creature that it's it like you can't reason with it. You can't reason with it, and it's just the monster. And it it but yeah. you, but if you look at it, like there's a hive mentality between the creatures, like the aliens with the queen, and like they have they technically have a social structure. They are the perfect organism. They have a they communication, are but it's not one that you can correct with. So and you can't work with it at all. So when you watch the alien films, you're stuck dealing with this creature. When you look at so I like the idea of the dragons where you can't. Now yeah. if you look at the dragons in like Game of Thrones, it's clear that Daenerys can in a way communicate with her dragons Mm -hmm. but we don't really know or understand how or why and it doesn't matter because in a world of fantasy i'm okay with that specific family of the targaryens being able to communicate with the dragons and not everything has to be explained so not everything has to be explained and not everything not everything has to make sense so and then if if you look at (laughs) if you look at the hobbit uh you can like say that's that's Bilbo's retelling of his story. And it's yeah. possible that it, even to go along with what you're saying with uh, Daenerys from Game of Thrones communicating with dragons, his conversation with Smaug could have been a telepath or yeah, telepathic one. So yeah. like it's possible like he says like Smog said this to me, but it's not necessarily and it could have been through and now I'm video. curious, does Smog talk to anyone else or just Bilbo? I I don't yeah, remember. It's been a I long can't time recall since from watching. the book. In the in the weird trilogy that came out, <laughs> there there are a, there are a few sentences that he says to other other oh, okay. uh, do, characters. I don't. But I just don't. Remember. It's not. It's not like a a lengthy and, um, exchange. Do, yeah, but like, then you also like have to watch Bilbo. it and say like, do those characters react to him as if they understood him, mm. or do they react to him in the way that a giant dragon chasing them through these mines would? react? I could be wrong, but I believe Peter's like hundred percent correct. Um, yeah, I don't know. Going with because Bilbo has like a full on exchange, but there's other times where they're like battling, but they're not really like countering or or interacting yeah. with each other's statements. They're just like saying things. Sure. At, at their um, proper times. Going with what uh, Sean just, or going with the movie, um, I will say I'm not typically the biggest fan of Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, I like him. Like, he's a good actor, but I just don't like the guy, and I have no reason why. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not my favorite. I don't actor, like him. Basically. Why? I don't care. But uh, <laughs> I don't but, like him because he can't say the word penguins. But oh, um, well, I will say like his. No, I, I don't have a problem with him. He just can't say the word penguins. I, <laughs> I did not know the that. Joke. Yeah, no, he he narrates a uh, he did a penguin documentary. Uh, get any clip of it and listen to how he says the word penguin. And he'll, he <laughs> anyway. It'd be like if Sean narrated a smog documentary <laughs> just kidding um 
So anyways, I just thought that his performance in that movie was really well done as Smaug. And, like, I'm not a big fan of that Hobbit trilogy. Like, I think there's many instances in that tale that they kind of missed the mark, so to speak. But I thought the design and presentation of Smaug specifically Mm -hmm. was awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, he looks intimidating. He looks frightening. He looks cool. So Right. Right on. Right on. All right. Well, I did not match Smog. <laughs> um, so my actual first pick is the Jabberwocky. Oh, awesome. Nice. <laughs> and since we blew up the Jabberwocky a little bit. Um, Go yes. for it. Um, I'm just going to pass the buck oh. to... Uh, no, I just... We already talked about the Jabberwocky. Is there anything that yeah. we didn't say about Not the really. I just... It's one of my favorite dragons um, from pop culture, and I'm a big fan of the Allison... Like, I really like Alice in Wonderland, but I really like the... Like, I liked the... It's such uh, a cool name, too. Yeah, I liked the um, animated film. I wasn't a big fan of the live-action versions of Alice in Wonderland, but I love that adult novel, the actual novel. Um, I have three copies if you want to borrow. I own one, so it's all good. <laughs> uh, no, but I love that. I love that novel, and because of the Jabberwocky, it's just it's just a cool piece to it. Um, mm-hmm. So I just when I think of dragons, there's a handful of dragons that automatically come to mind, and yeah. that's one of them. So. Um, yeah. Nice. This puts it back on Sean. So you're number four. Uh, my number, f- no, yeah, I didn't know that we were numbering it. I personally No, well, number. we're not, I'm just, we've <laughs> yeah. only had one pick, so, yeah. you know, so it's, your next pick would be... For anybody else that, that does play at home, I number all of my lists, even if they're not a year movie thing. <laughs> um, so my, my number four is actually Maleficent from, uh, Sleeping Beauty, um, who is the witch from Sleeping Beauty, but she turns into a dragon at the very end, and it's I think... Elephant. Yeah, um, I think that that is uh, such a. I don't I don't know the right uh, descriptive word or right adjective to use, but it's um, and so, it's so intelligently used to call her Maleficent, um, the doer of evil, and oh, she sure. literally manifests into what is known like from the I past four four thousand years, evil. Yeah, I don't know if she has a name, like a different name when she's the dragon. I really don't. So I don't know of her having a different name. I originally wrote down like Witch from Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's I and then I also I really like I never watched this movie when I was a kid and I got on this uh strange hook. Like Peter mentioned that I um I, I don't know if Blossom is too proud of a word to use, but uh like sometime in college, like I really struck out with uh fantasy stuff um that's not like science fiction or futuristic um but uh and it actually might have been the first time i ever had a copy of uh alice's adventures in the looking glass was when bapa gave it to us or gave me it um bapa is our our name for one of our grandpas by the way (laughs) um but uh when i was when i was in college i started acquiring all like several different classic disney cartoons and I never watched uh, Sleeping Beauty before this, but I bought it because I wanted it in my collection. And then I, when I was watching through it, I was like, this is so amazing. And like, I want to be that knight and slay that dragon and like bring uh, such a beautiful woman like back to life and everything. I just, I, I really uh, kind of fell in love and had this little crush uh, on that, on, on like living that story out. And so like... That's why Maleficent made my list. Sure. Nice. Um, you've, I don't think I could add anything else to what all that you've said. I just, uh, I really love um, in Sleeping Beauty the way the dragon is animated. It actually 
it's like this all black dragon that's like a solid black shade when it's on the screen when you're watching the movie and it just kind of looks like this big shadow and it's a really cool way to depict a dragon um which also goes with kind of your uh idea of maleficent becoming this like physical incarnation of evil which is kind of a cool concept as well uh i didn't match that one but i think it's an awesome pick so um so my next one actually is the Epper Sizzik from Willow. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was funny when you brought it up. And honestly, when I put it on my list, I was like, I'm going to say this, and they're both going to go, oh, I totally forgot about that dragon. So, uh, <laughs> I thought you had a jack up your sleeve. I did. Um, just because, like, <laughs> when you say dragon, that's one of the first dragons I think of. So I really, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's just, we talked about it a little bit before, so yeah. I'm not going to. I mean, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say. I don't know if I, I... I don't really have anything else to say. I just thought, you know, that's just one that really struck my opinion. I think we should go watch Willow after this episode. Yeah, let's go watch Willow. <laughs> if, um, if, there's really a, if there's really a Disney Plus show coming, like there's rumored, like, yeah, let's go watch Willow. Get a fresh <laughs> Heck yes. Um, what's your next pick? So, here? yeah, my next one, I feel like I might match some people, but I chose... I chose Falcor from uh, NeverEnding Story, so... This is one that, uh, I mean, who doesn't have fond memories of watching The NeverEnding Story and uh, Falcor, you is know. Is Falcor a dragon? Yeah, he's a luck dragon. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's in the name. I know, but he's kind of like a big dog more yeah. than anything. So. Yeah, he, he, he does look like a big dog, but he does have scales. He doesn't have wings. Yeah, he but does have scales. He does fly. He's kind of like a dog meets like a. And uh, he has four legs. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he's kind of like a dog meets like an Asian so dragon, he's not a wyvern or something like that. But um, yeah, I just think Falcor's really cool. He's kind of like big fluffy, your big fluffy buddy that you want to go <laughs> cuddle with, I guess, or whatever. Right. I don't know. Do you guys have any comments about Falcor? I mean, I'm gonna say something that might be a complete shock to my older brothers, but I have actually never seen Neverending Story. That's a lie. I have seen one scene. And you that know, is, what? and that is, and that you is, know. that is with uh, Atreyu and uh, Artex. Yeah, when Artex dies. Right. Yeah. And I, That's I like, yeah. uh, aside from that, I have not seen any yeah, of the so, never-ending story. I know, I know who, uh, who this dragon is, but I, I really don't have any. Uh, so attachment normally, to him. normally, Peter, when someone this might says, be sacrilegious, I don't know. No, but. So normally, when someone <laughs> says, "I haven't seen so and so movie," first I think to myself. Okay, you haven't gotten around <laughs> to it. Then I think to myself, how is that possible because of the world we live in in social media? <laughs> yeah. If someone told me today that they haven't seen Avengers Endgame, I'd probably go, how is that possible? At, you know, $2.5 billion, well, I mean, how is that possible? the past two weekends have been completely full. <laughs> I know, like, how is that possible that you haven't seen this movie yet? If someone told me in the past I haven't seen Star Wars pre-sequel trilogy, like pre-Disney sale to Lucasfilm... If someone told me they hadn't seen Star Wars, a lot of times I think to myself, it's okay, you never got around to it, maybe it's not your cup of tea, no big deal, yeah. but we live in a social media world, so if someone tells me they haven't seen it now, I'm usually like, wow, how is that possible? Um, and I know uh, I know, Bryn's listening to this, and she's going, well, I haven't watched it yet, and she's probably smiling to herself because I just said that, but... She hasn't um, watched what? She's never seen Star Wars. Oh, I thought um, you were talking about Endgame still. So in, terms, so, so in terms of how did she not see it, I'm not really, I don't know. This Her and I have chatted about it a little bit. Um, the, re the reason I bring this up is because you've never seen a movie that us as brothers watched 
multiple times <laughs> how you missed out i'm not sure so you yeah, maybe i was playing with my action figures while you guys were all watching the screen maybe <laughs> you need to you need to uh, rectify that i can say are you you're a fan of willy wonka and the chocolate factory the first one yeah the first yeah. movie what do you think of the writing in that movie it's brilliant so it's it's like really intricate like every line can be like almost like a meaning or i have nothing against stuff. it i've just never seen it no. and i also don't want to watch it with the wrong <laughs> group of people <laughs> sean my, my point is never ending story is the same kind of writing where yeah. like every like you watch it when you're older and every line seems like it's a moral to the story and like it's really intricately written while it also being like this cool fantasy adventure so and it's super <clears throat> short it is like just, it's like maybe 20 minutes longer than an hour. Nice. <laughs> that seems really, contradictory. It's really short. Um, all right, so, Sean, uh, your next Sean, pick. Yeah. What was Peter's? Oh, Falcor. 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 Okay, right. Um, you didn't match Falcor? Nope. Drew? Okay. It's because he talks, right? I, no. <laughs> no. Aside from Andy's first two, um, like, I don't know what we're How about this? On. I have one that's kind of a cheat, and you'll understand why I say it's a cheat, but at the same time, it's a legitimate pick. Okay. So, um, but you don't know where I'm going, so just... Go ahead, Sean. My, uh, my next one is the dragon from the Anglo-Saxon poem Beowulf. Oh, yeah. Um, it is one of the... I, you don't know what the name of it is? I don't they think don't, it has they a don't, name. They don't actually give it a name aside from the dragon. How do you spell Beowulf? B-E-O-W-U-L-F. Um, I asked because I keep track of all the spread, uh, mm -hmm. I keep a fancy spreadsheet of all the lists, so, um, go ahead, talk about Beowulf. Uh, the dragon in Beowulf is, it does, like, there's, there's really not all that much there, but there's the, the language of the poem is, uh, so imaginative, and so, like, when it talks about the jaws, it just, like, it, it gives you such a sense of, like, how terrifying and how sure. monstrous this creature is. I haven't read Beowulf um, in a while, so... It is beautiful. You should watch mm -hmm. it. I just haven't read, read it. I just haven't read it in a while. Um, it's amazing. I don't think that... I really the, didn't like the movie. I, so. No, the movie is... is <laughs> it's... Mm, that is fodder by best. Um, the But also, the, the dragon in the story of uh, Beowulf is such an amazing, like, final battle... And it's really interesting that, like, final battles are dragons. Sure. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know why this is coming up, but, like, Smog was, like, a final battle moment for that entire story of Hobbit. And uh, the witch in Sleeping Beauty was, like, the final battle was a dragon, and Beowulf was a final uh, battle of a dragon. Um, it's such an amazing, uh, amazing part of the story, and I, I really love it because um, in Beowulf, this is the first time that Beowulf, this huge heroic guy um who's always going after glory which is super contradictory to like a, a, a true hero who doesn't mm -hmm. try to like get the glory but they're trying to do the right thing um the dragon is what takes him down and it's 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 like it's his moment it it it, it like the dragon is the reason that he has sure. a weakness and it like it takes his weakness um, but I also really love it because that is a moment where that's one of the oldest uh, literary moments of a sidekick stepping up to help the hero, um, and it just it, it ties so well to like so many things in my life and so many stories that I love. Um, Who's the sidekick who steps up? It's... Wiglaf. Okay, that and sounds he familiar. He is a badass. If I can say two cuss words in the same podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's all good. Um, no, I just I don't remember Beowulf well enough, so I appreciate the. Uh... It's um, 
rundown. It's been a long time since I've read it as well. Um, but I remember there's the dragon at the end, and it was really cool. And uh, it was just kind of like I didn't know the dragon from anything besides that one fight scene. But I do like how you touched on how it's a uh, how descriptive. Beowulf is when it describes the dragon because that's a story that was told through oral tradition like mm -hmm. told around campfire and just by word of mouth until eventually it was written down so it makes sense that the storyteller would have to be super descriptive to kind of fill the imaginations yeah. of the listeners and uh, in, with... in in terms of what we classify a dragon as this is such an old description of a dragon but it never says specifically what it looks like Sure. It never says that it has two wings or it has, like, this or that. It's just that, like, here's the dragon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, and it goes on and it, and it explains it. But, like, everyone who thinks of a dragon, they get this idea in their head. Um, and it's so amazing. I heard yeah. that it was uh, actually debunked and the Beowulf uh, dragon is actually a wyvern. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah, find me that copy and show me the copyright. <laughs> Um, all right, so moving on to my next pick um, is Lockheed. Sure. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. <laughs> Lockheed is Kitty Pride's dragon. X-Men, oh, okay. Kitty Pride, Shadowcat's pet dragon. Um, Lockheed is just a, it's just a fun character. He looks like a dragon. He's cool. He just sits on her shoulder and hangs out and does his thing. So, you know, I, I, I didn't pick it because of a comic book, time to pull in a comic book thing, because we hadn't really talked comics tonight, but... I always thought Lockheed was a cool thing, so... Cool. Um, yeah, just a little purple dragon that sits on her shoulder and hangs out and goes on her adventures <laughs> with her. So, um, yeah, so, yeah. Nice. Like Mushu? Uh, yes, but this one uh, can fly, breathe fire. This is like... It's... That small but still powerful. <laughs> Lockheed is like what Drogon was in Game of Thrones at a baby, and like, but always that size. <laughs> yeah. So. Nice. Um, yeah, so Peter, you're up. Okay, sweet. So on to my next one, which is actually Trogdor the Burninator. <laughs> so, Burninate um, in the countryside. Strong Bad and the whole like Homestar Runner pay, like webpage was such a <laughs> like popular thing when I was like coming of age in high school. And Trogdor is like possibly the dragon that I've thought about and talked about the most with friends, and it's just like it's a touchstone moment, but it's also a hilarious dragon. I like that. Uh, He's, like, just this really hilarious thing that's kind of burned himself into the collective subconscious of pop culture or whatever you want to say. So we've already talked about Trogdor a lot, so I don't want to talk too much, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so that goes back to you, Sean. Uh, we got my, two picks left, so... That's right. Uh, my next one is uh, one I, what I think one of the coolest dragons um, in fantasy stuff. Uh, and it's his name is Ancalagon, right. and he has a title which is the Black. So Ancalagon the Black, and I checked uh, pronunciation of it for American English and for UK English. Ancalagon um, in UK English is basically Ancalagon, uh -huh. but with an accent. Sure. <laughs> um, he is a massive, massive dragon. Uh, he's uh, featured in the book The Silmarillion, um, and he was part of the First Age in uh, the world of Middle Earth, and he specifically oh he's came from out... he's from Tolkien mm -hmm. okay, um, and he he was part of the War of Wrath, uh, and this was uh, so Arandil 
uh, waged war, and it was against Morgoth. Um, this uh, Morgoth is uh, he was the like first general of Melkor. He's one okay. of like the highest like evil people in that fantasy realm. Okay. Um, Melkor is essentially like Lucifer, but in Middle Earth. Um, and so this is like way, 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 way before the trilogy. Um, uh, the trilogy being Lord of the Rings, not Hobbit, right? Correct. Okay. <laughs> the Hobbit is a book. Um, but they, like, they wage war and like, one of the, like, the, one of the most insane things is the s- sheer size of Ancalagon. I have a, a visual that I'm showing Peter and Andy right now. And it shows a size comparison of like some of the top five oh, right on. major dragons in the Middle Earth era. Smog is all the way at the beginning of the chart, and Melkor's on the other side. Uh, so thinking of so the why size didn't they of do that one. Okay, so <laughs> CGI. I don't know, but like the best, the only, uh, not not necessarily the only, but like one of the main descriptive parts uh, to say like what Mel. Uh, and Caligon was like was that and Caligon was the size or the uh, as tall as a mountain so regardless of how wide he was that's how tall he was so imagine like a creature the size of like the Everest sure sure sure, sure. okay or, or the Andes or something like just insane um, so like having something like that just like breathing would terrify me or seeing it all right mm. Yeah, he's also should. got a title of the Black, which I think is they should have they should have cool. had that in the Hobbit. So <laughs> um, that sounds more terrifying than Smug. Um, maybe he can't talk. That's why they didn't put him in the Hobbit. Um, <laughs> um, all right. So my next pick. This is the one that's kind of a cheat, and this is uh, several dragons at once because there's no way to choose one. There's a book uh, by one of my favorite authors, uh, Matthew Riley. Um, I've talked about him before. Um, I've read every single book he's ever written. Um, this book came out, um, I'm always excited to read the next one, but he wrote this book called The Great Zoo of China, and um, I didn't know much of it. All I knew was that he said, if you like Jurassic Park, you're going to like this book. So basically what he did is he, I don't want to say he copied Jurassic Park, but the idea of Jurassic Park, it's basically, the way I'd liken it is it's Jurassic Park with dragons. So the premise of the book is... The Chinese government realized that they don't have the tourist attractions the way the United States does. We have like Disney World and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So they're like, how do we make our Disney World? Mm-hmm. And they discovered that dragons are real. For real, for real. They found they found them like they <laughs> like they actually exist. And they started breeding them and created the zoo, and it's basically called the Great Zoo of China. And it was the this is gonna put us on the map in the theme park world. And the book opens with them bringing in some shareholders and some wildlife experts and stuff like that to tour the park and you get in and you see the park and like I said it's it's Jurassic Park with dragons so the most horrible things possible are going to happen and people are going to die and all that stuff but what he did in the book was he was really what was really cool about it was explaining the different styles 
like he didn't have names for the dragons in the books, but he called them like the red bellied blacks, which mm. would be like black dragons with a red belly. Or the yellow. But there's wings. like a swarm of them. Or they'd be like a swarm of them, or like the yellow, the yellow bellied like reds. Just like they were always like these weird like things. So you knew what type was what, but each color variation in their skin, kind of like a snake. Mm-hmm. Like there's many snakes out there in the world that have different colors mm-hmm. to their scales and stuff. So different ones determine different. Like some of them could fly, some of them couldn't, but they still had wings. Some of them breathed fire, some couldn't. You know what I mean? There were different variations of different things. The colors also varied sizes. It's no different than, like, snakes or lizards, you know what I mean? And it was... So they had tiny ones, they had big ones, that you know, and it was really, really cool. I highly recommend it, but so basically my pick here is the dragons from the Great Zoo of China. Because oh. there wasn't any one specific dragon in the book, because there were thousands of them. <laughs> so um, if you like dragons and crazy, crazy adventure act- action sequences, I highly recommend this book. Because... They did. He put What's a lot of. It's called the Great Zoo of China. He put yeah. a lot of uh, science into it that kind of explains everything, and then it was all fantasy from that point on. But um, it's a, incre- it's like four hundred pages. You start reading it, I guarantee you're done in like two days. Like it is incredible. Like you can't put it down once that mm. book starts. It's incredible. Nice. So yes. Anyway, so yeah, the Great Zoo of China, those dragons. Yeah. So Peter, what's your next? Uh, oh yeah, on? I can go to my next one, uh, which is Spyro the Dragon, the uh, mascot <laughs> from the video game. Uh, I love Spyro. It was the first PlayStation game I ever got. It's just a great game from my childhood. I still, every once in a while, I still will break out the old Spyro games and play around with them. And uh, yeah, I just think it's like, I love dragons. I think he's a really cool. Uh, character that's really cemented himself as like a well-known video game mascot too um i've talked about spyro in the past so i don't want to yammer on too long but uh i don't know if any of you guys have any anything to say on him or anything or i think the game was super fun to play Um, i really i really liked the game yeah i didn't play many of them but i really enjoyed the game i uh yeah i don't want to say too much but i i thought i thought he was super cool um I really enjoyed how he was, like, liberating other dragons from being <laughs> uh, comatose or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that, and, and that was that was a, a really cool uh, idea and stuff. I don't know. It was super fun. Uh, really, really enjoyable character. Uh, and that's actually, I think, fun is the best word to use to describe him. Yeah. Yeah. They were they were really fun games. So mm-hmm. Spyro is one that really sticks out, and I'm mm-hmm. surprised that I'm surprised I didn't think about Spyro um, <laughs> when I was like, "Is there any video game dragons that I should mention?" Oh yeah, he's Skyrim. One, he's but one I, of the few <laughs> ones I thought of right away when I thought of the list. Right on, so, yeah. yeah. Well, we are down to the final pick for all three of us. Yes. I think it's very interesting that not one of us has brought up Game of Thrones yet. I find that bizarre. That could very well be the final picks here. I don't know. So um, let's find out what we got for final picks. I just think it's weird in a world of dragons and that's yeah. like four or five <laughs> mind that no one said Game of Thrones yet. So, uh, Sean, what's your final pick? Uh, I actually have no Game of Thrones dragons on my That's list. interesting. So fire um, away. I, I think that Game of Thrones is amazing and super super interesting but at first like, I, I, I feel like was a, i feel i thought he was gonna go super negative <laughs> yeah, I, thought he was gonna like, I think the game of thrones dragons suck so. <laughs> no 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 they're they're really cool I, I i think uh viserion would would be like my favorite of those three especially like being come apart like the uh, army of the dead 
super t- all right so tangent moment hold on a second have you is this spoilers this sorry could be my bad for this guy okay, that's all good. super spoilers rewind about 30 seconds and then skip back a minute <laughs> skip ahead a minute um all right so my bad so viserion no, okay. viserion is your favorite because of potentially uh things that take place in the story Right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That may I feel or like, may not be true. I feel I feel bad that I'm like neutering your comment. Right. No, 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 it's totally you're, fine because like anyone who watches Game of Thrones knows what I yeah. just said. Okay. And uh, he can look at me and say, No, Sean. Yes. To be honest, like I, I've had so many things spoiled for me in Game of Thrones, and I still love the show. So don't feel bad at all. So I mean. It's so cool, and I can't wait for you to see it. <laughs> um, At any rate, so what's so your final? My my actual uh, my uh, actual final, final one is uh, Jack of Blades from the video game Fable. So for anyone who has played just the original Fable and none of the other ones, do I remember none this? of the sequels had him in it? Okay, but uh, game uh, Fable, like many other uh, games movies whatever it may be um there's a certain amount that is cut away and mm-hmm. you don't get a director's cut to it okay um but the like the the theatrical release or whatever uh the original game fable you had this character named jack of blades and he was the like hero of heroes and he had the most fame he wasn't like the good guy but he def- he won all the battles whether okay. he was right or wrong he won all the battles um, and he comes back when you're this new hero and you're you're in this crazy, um, super awesome world where, like, heroes were actually still a thing and you could, like, work your way up to being a hero in this land of, like, common uh, peasants and monarchs mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and Jack of Blades is your, like, ultimate enemy towards the end of the game. For anyone who hasn't purchased it, Here's a spoiler, so I don't know how far ahead you had to skip through, but go get the game Lost Chapters Fable, because that's the director's cut of the game. Or if you want to get the anniversary, I think version, they're making a. I you think can they're releasing a. Uh, the anniversary one has has the full thing in the in the so in the Lost Chapters or in the anniversary uh, release of the game Fable, Jack of Blades originally dies at the at the original end of the game. In the lot, in the director's cut of it, he comes back, but you don't see him. You just hear his voice. Oh, it's another dragon that talks. <laughs> <laughs> in an audio podcast, yeah, I, w- I would have loved to see you guys see the look on Sean's face when I said that just now. <laughs> I was giving you crap. Go ahead. So it's not that they talk. It's I'm just, just giving. Cool. I'm just giving. You, I'm, just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving um, you crap because so, so it's like, totally sorry. Right, so so this super evil. Someone who becomes super evil. Sure. Um, you defeat him in the original ending, and then the game continues, but you are haunted by this character. Okay. And he comes back in his final form. Now, the the graphics of the game, this is one that I actually wish the graphics were better. Most games I can let it go because it's a game and get over it. Um, go to get over yourself and just like enjoy really what you're don't giving. This dragon, but that's okay. <laughs> he comes back. He's he's not all that like visually impressive. It's just super cool that there's this bad guy, and you defeat him, but it's like he can't die because he keeps mm-hmm. coming back. And in this final form, it's this dragon, and it's a winged dragon. He can fly. He can breathe fire. He can like 
bite you and tear you in half or something. He could probably punch you in the face like I wanted to with Andy about saying that he's a dragon that talks. Um, but it's just it. Sure, it's super cool being able to conquer your ultimate foe twice. Um, yeah, I'm looking up. That hero I'm looking up pictures him. of him, and I do not remember this dragon. And I've played the game. Did you um, play the Lost Chapters? Because that's where he comes. I in. don't remember. But anyway, the dragon um, wasn't in the original. No, he's a cool looking. He's a cool looking dragon, though. So I get it. It's got the basic shape. Um, yeah, massive creature. Yeah, that no, he's a you cool. Don't want to. Cool be in dragon. the same room with. Um, it's not that you get scared, but you know that you're going to lose from the fight. So you yeah, and I and I can see what you're talking about with the graphics. But anyway, no, that's a good pick. Um, nice. So mine, uh, my final pick for the night, um, and I'm going to be the one to play the Game of Thrones card is Drogon from nice. Game of Thrones. Um, at the end of the day, if you were to say. Hey, think of the first dragon you can possibly think of. I know the majority of the people in the world today would probably say the dragons from Game of Thrones. I get that. But <laughs> when you look at the dragons from Game of Thrones, that's what a dragon looks like. That's what a dragon does. That's what a dragon sounds like. That's how a dragon acts. Like mm-hmm. That's how it flies. Like, they took such care in making those dragons look the way they look. They're, it's amazing. And I know I'm not going to say it for uh, Peter because he's in the room and he hasn't <laughs> seen the episode yet, but... This past episode, holy crap. I didn't know um, that a dragon's fire could do that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I but, really didn't but, know. Holy crap, that episode was enormous and amazing. Um, so all I can say is uh, Game of Thrones, they just they just did the they just did the dragons right. Like, if you were to say think of a dragon, that's probably the first dragon I will probably always think of. I'd put Every two time. more legs in the front, but that's oh, exactly what I would think of for a dragon. Well, I just, that's, I would probably think of Game of Thrones immediately if someone said think of a dragon. So that's why I chose Drogon, and he's the he's the biggest, and he's the coolest, and he's the one Daenerys rides, and, you know, so. Yeah, he's really sweet. Um, I think the dragons in Game of Thrones, it, it, just like you said, they're, they're like to a T of what a dragon that's, is. That's, you know, um, right. Whether you want to get hung up on stupid technicalities and types of dragons or not. Right. dragons are dragons um but they're fantastic i i do respect your uh focus on like creatures that are monsters and they can't communicate in the human tongue or in any rational and I'm not language saying, like no, if, I'm, I, I, you're if a, I'm playing a video game and a dragon can talk it's fine it's part of the story and i take it for what it is if i'm watching a movie and a dragon mm-hmm. can talk i take it for what it is and it's part of the story beowulf's dragon does not talk by the oh, way oh sure <laughs> um i just I neither just, does Ancalagon. i just prefer the specific <laughs> style of creature i guess so yeah um i think that's an awesome pick i um I, I think uh, to it from too. what I've seen, I think Drogon would be my favorite Game of Thrones one as well. I feel like because I haven't finished the show, I don't want to pick any of those yet. Even oh, though everything well, you said is absolutely true. Whether like, Drogon lives or dies, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but <laughs> he you, is the main of the three mm-hmm. dragons. So, um, but everything you said is really black. true, like, and I, I especially have uh, he's like the older brother of the dragons, like right. how you're the older brother of us. Right. <laughs> um, I especially like uh, their design in that show. Like they look, like you said, like a dragon, fierce should look, but they look also like Sean said, fierce and frightening. But they also look real, like they look they do almost like, like dinosaurs, but I know way more badass. About those and graphics, and I want to punch that person. In the no, face. they <laughs> graphics wise, whatever. I mean, it's a TV show, so it's slightly less mm-hmm. than most blockbuster movies. But the thing is, design wise, they did such a good job of making 
a realistic looking dragon that's memorable and frightening and uh yeah i think once i'm done with game of thrones my list w- might change but i don't think it's going to top my number one no it's okay so. so i'm the only one to pick the game of thrones dragon for <laughs> yeah i guess that's so. interesting all right uh peter what's your final pick for the night my final pick is jack of knives no i'm just kidding um <laughs> Uh, my final pick is actually Toothless from uh, how, I, oh. how to Train Your Dragon. So, I've talked in the past. I'm a massive fan of the How to Train Your Train Your Dragon series. I think they've done such a good job. I think uh, Toothless is kind of a genius level design where he looks really cute, but he can also look really badass at the same time or at different times. Um, and it's kind of a really unique dragon design too. Like he looks more like a salamander than a lizard, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of neat as well. Um, and besides that, I mean, he's a really, like, Night Furies are really powerful dragons. Like, they show a lot of cool abilities. Every movie, I don't think you guys have seen the newest movie yet, but he's even got some, like, new cool moves he does in there. So I think just, I don't think you guys are as big of a fan of these movies as me, but... I saw the first two. I liked the first first two a lot. I'm not nearly as a fan as some people. Like, when I hear people talk about it, the way they talk about it, I'm like, well, they were good. You know, like that goes through my mind. I'm like, they were good. It's not, it's not the, it's, I don't hold it on the pedestal that a lot of other people do. So, but I appreciate your choice because the, because Toothless is a really cool dragon and the trailer for the third one just looks fantastic. And I yeah. really want to see the third movie. So, I mean, I'm so definitely like, on board. So like the, since the first one, I think just like Toothless has kind of like slowly cemented himself and in like into one of my favorite dragons, but I love those movies because they're a like the kind of plot and story that I want to see from like a CG animated film, but they're also like they just go for it and they have like so many little touches in the movie. Like in the first movie, there's a scene where uh, all the like main kids are training to uh, fight dragons and stuff. And when they're training, they could have been in like an open field or an open arena, but they're actually training in a maze mm-hmm. and like putting them in like this wooden training maze, like added another another level for it like they went for it where they added that to it and they seeing them in the maze that adds like another at least for me another level that captures my imagination like oh this is cool this is fun when i was a kid i loved mazes and i think through the series you can if you pay attention they really add like a lot of love and like little touches to the film like that um i went on a huge tangent when i saw the third one I still think that's, like, a really beautiful, like, well-done movie, so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the list. <laughs> Do you uh, want to know what we're doing next week? Because it's my pick. Yeah. So I was trying to think of something that'd be really hard. <laughs> okay, fair and, enough. And not, I, I, not... Uh, Is it top five wyverns? Because that yeah. will be hard. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I got three of them. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, no, I was... <laughs> I have a list already. No, I was thinking of something really hard because I wanted you to. I wanted to come up with a list that would make us judge it on a different scale. Like we we pick, we pick uh, movies from 1986, and it's just individual movies. We pick dragons, and it's individual dragons. We pick oh, swordsmen. Okay. So we are gonna do uh, top five trilogies. Um. So and the reason I, I and I'm gonna specify a couple. Are you, are you putting different types of literature together in the same list? You can. This is trilogies. I'm my list will probably be a little more focused on film, but um, I was thinking I was I was thinking trilogies in movies, like movie trilogies. That's what I was thinking when I came up with the idea. So if you want to pull out a book trilogy, I totally understand. Yeah. Um, what I the reason I was thinking this, but I need to specify a couple of rules here. Yes, 
The Star Wars prequel trilogy is a trilogy by itself. The Star Wars original trilogy is a trilogy by itself. The Lord of the Rings trilogy, the Hobbit trilogy, they're trilogies on their own, okay? I understand there's a couple instances where, uh, like, Alien had four movies. There's still a trilogy there, okay? They didn't. They made the fourth one after the fact. Like you the mean trilogy. Prometheus, Prometheus 2? No, I'm talking, I'm talking Alien, Aliens, <laughs> and Alien 3. It closed the trilogy. They mm. made it after the fact. Every now and then there's a fourth movie because okay. they, some, a studio decided to make a fourth. So I'm okay with you saying this trilogy, even though it ended up having so, a fourth movie. I'm, but like a movie series like Star Trek, well, does that have a trilogy? Because I would argue it doesn't. Well, or like technically, and I'm not, and I'm throwing this out there only because of technical, and it's bizarre. If you talk to any Star Trek fan, um, the uh, the Abrams ones is a trilogy. Okay, so if you wanted to specify and say the Abrams trilogy, that is a trilogy. Oh, yeah, I was thinking of the original movies, okay. actually. If you want to talk the original films, like the actual, like the William Shatner movies, two, three, and four were written together to be a trilogy. Okay, so I think that so counts. So if you know the his, if you can if you can verify why it's a trilogy, I'm totally down for it because every now and then a franchise goes beyond the trilogy. Mm-hmm. If you want to say the Captain America trilogy and you're specifically referring to a Cap 1, 2, and 3, cool. Okay. Iron Man 1, 2, and 3, I get it. Even though in the MCU they're spaced out, I get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're talking about, we're talking about a character story, we're talking about an arc for, like, we're talking about a story arc, and it is encompassed over three parts, mm-hmm. is really what I'm talking I, about. I, um, so, like, I've so seen trilogies people, I've seen people refer to, like, the Superman trilogy, like, Superman 1 through 3, and to me that's, like, not a trilogy at all. No, so it's not. I, and I, I mean, if you wanted to choose Superman trilogy, I, I get think it. there has to be like some sort. But of, if you wanted to choose the Spider Man trilogy, see that's a, that's <laughs> I a trilogy. don't get but it. That, but that's an actual trilogy. My point is the that fact might that make my list actually. I will understand <laughs> because I'm looking at. I am. I'm. We're judging this over the course of the three parts. Yeah. X Men one, two, and three. Even though there's other X Men films, X Men one, two, and three is a trilogy. So. Um, yeah, that's why I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought it'd be a fun one because we're encompassing a bigger story. Okay. So if you do find a book that you're like, you know what, uh, Lord of the Rings makes my list, but I'm talking about the books. Fine, cool. Let's talk about that. You know what I mean? So, okay, fair enough. Yes. So trilogies next week. Um, anything else to add before we close out for the night? Uh, Sean, uh, Sean, this was a it was a pleasure having you. You are always welcome back at the table. Uh, one of these days we will Thanks actually. For one of these days, we'll actually have a roundtable where the four of us are here, and we can banter and yell at each other. That should be a Star Wars list. That'll be fun. Um, I don't know what to do. I, I have a couple Star Wars lists in my head. I just don't know when I want to tackle them. I kind of want to wait for all Star Wars lists to happen until after Episode Nine releases. Um, I mean, we can do them before Peter. I, I want to do, like, a nerdy coming-of-age list or something. Mm. Or not even just episode, like... How, like, us growing up together and all the crazy things we used to do and stuff sure. like that. Like, if, you can, yeah. can, if you can come up with a list that fills that, absolutely. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, Sean, like I said, it was a pleasure having you, so come back anytime. Um, yeah, so let's close out. we got another episode in the bag, right? Okay, so please check us out on the top5report.com. Uh, there you'll find links to all our social media, Twitter and Facebook. Um, you can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, if you subscribe to us, you will not miss a single episode and you can review us and give us a five star review, which we like. Uh, but you know, we understand criticism. So please, if you do leave us a review, it makes the words we say feel important. 
Also, uh, if you feel like interacting with the show, please send us an email at topfivereport at gmail.com. Um, you can hit me up personally on Twitter and fi- uh, Instagram. It's the same. It's Drew3927. Uh, Peter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. Um, I'm curious if Sean has anything. Sean, do you want, any, you want the um, listeners to find you? Or? You, can, you can find me on Twitter. If you don't like the Catholic Church, though, you probably don't want to follow me on Twitter. <laughs> but uh, if you, if you, you can follow me at, at SpleenBuster. No special underscores or hyphens or anything, but at SpleenBuster, that's cool. All right. Well, um, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, We will be discussing trilogies next week and whatever news drops down the pipe. So um, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. Yo. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.